Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach Cafe Radio, the self-empowerment place to meet where you get your weekly cup of inspiration on Blog Talk Radio. And today is Monday, April 2nd. And here in the Coach Cafe, I offer you enlightened conversations about what matters most. I offer interviews with top self-empowerment coaches, experts, and authors. I share with you proven and effective life coaching tools, techniques, and processes to help you to live your best life, and I am definitely spreading the word that life coaching changes lives. I am your host, Certified Master Life Coach Kathleen Martin, also known as your Balanced Life Coach, coming to you live from the beautiful Hamptons, New York, and snowy, unbelievably, on April 2nd, Uh, as I do each week, and I invite you to join in on my enlightened conversation by calling 646-649-1015. That's 646-649-1015. And you can also post those questions and comments in the chat room if you're on your computer. And please do press the number one if you are waiting there in the queue with your question and comment if you've called in. And I also want to send out a very big thank you to all of my followers. And if you do like what you hear, and I hope you do, I would love it if you would please follow me here on Blog Talk Radio right there on the homepage under the banner, very easy, and also, of course, on social media, which is Coach Cafe Radio on both Facebook and Twitter. And visit CoachCafeRadio.com because you can, first of all, it's so eclectic in there. We cover every conversation, including this very important one that we're going to have tonight about uh, happiness and health, wealth, relationships, sex and career, the law of attraction, energy, psychology, angels, and more. So just click on any of those pictures on the home page. You can listen back. I highly recommend more than once because it's very fast moving and I share so much in the Coach Cafe. And if you leave your contact information, you will get your gift as well as finding out what's coming up next in the Coach Cafe. And tonight the name of my show is Who Gets to Grieve with adversity recovery expert Carol Brody Fleet. And I am thrilled once again because Carol has so graciously uh, agreed to join me once a month for these past months, and I'm hoping it will go on and on because this particular topic is probably one of the most important in your life because everyone goes through the experience of grief in your life, and most of us really don't know how to do it, and you certainly have people around you that are probably going through this experience called grief. And it's very personal, and it is not a one-size-fits-all. And we all need to understand the grieving process. And Carol Brody Fleet is the woman you want to listen to deeply. So, you know, please stay right where you are and listen to what we're sharing tonight. It is definitely a life changer. So let me introduce Carol. Carol Brody Fleet is the multi-award-winning author of the number one ranked new release in its genre, When Bad Things Happen to Good Women. She is also the author of Happily Even After, winner of the prestigious Books for a Better Life Award, as well as the critically praised national bestseller, Widows Wear Stilettos. And her newest book, Loss is a Four-Letter Word, is now available. And Carol uh, makes numerous guest appearances on television and radio programs in the United States and Canada and is a featured expert. Uh, on nas- in national uh, print and international print and web media. She's been on over 1,000 radio shows, including mine, I am so grateful to say. And she is widely recognized as a leader and expert in grief, loss, and adversity recovery. And is also a contributor to the iconic Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and a top contributor to the Huffington Post and ThirdAge.com. And you can find Carol at carolfleetspeaker.com and widowswearstilettos.com. So thank you so much again, my wonderful, wonderful Carol Brody Fleet. Thank you for having me back. It's so great to be with you. 
It is, Carol, and, you know, we started our discussion already because I'm telling you, please go back into my archives and listen to every show that Carol has shared. She's touched on a very, very sensitive, it's true, topic, one that I'm telling you I know all of us need to go deeper into, myself included, and I notice how people do not want to go into it and they tiptoe around it. And we are at a, at a time where there's a lot of grieving going on with the recent events this year, all of us together as a country. So, Carol, I know that we, we uh, are going to go into that. But this question of who gets to grieve, let's, let's start there. Okay. Well, who gets to grieve sounds like an absolutely ridiculous question. Uh-huh. What do you mean who gets to grieve? If if you've lost something or someone and you're sad, you get to grieve, right? Well, apparently Absolutely. not. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, the answer to that is naturally everybody gets to grieve. But you would be shocked. You'd be absolutely stunned, Kathleen, at mm. the number of people who, whether intentionally or otherwise, actually attempt to deny somebody's inalienable right to grieve. And it is an inalienable Mm -hmm. right because it all goes back down to um, what I am constantly saying is you can't tell someone how to feel. And if somebody is feeling grief, if somebody is grief-stricken, you can't tell them don't feel that way or, my favorite, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't feel that way or you're not entitled to feel that way. And... Of course, with that statement, I have examples for you. Would you like to hear some? Yes, indeed. Of course. Well, the the first assumption is, and I'm going to start with the most common one, is that if you know that death is coming, if you know that, and I don't mean in an existential everyone has to die sometime, way. I mean, mm-hmm, if you are mm-hmm. dealing with a, a loved one is had, had a long-term illness, a long-term infirmity, uh, who has been declared terminally ill, that, and you know that death is going to be sooner rather than later, as was the case in our own family, as you know. Mm-hmm. Somehow, the knowledge that death is imminent or sooner or inevitable somehow means that you are supposed to be inoculated against grief. That mm. Because the one thing that you hear after you have lost somebody to the illness or the infirmity is, well, you knew it was coming. Oh, you knew it was going to happen. My goodness. Or, or mm. at least you were prepared. The mm. only thing that you c- can possibly be prepared with, the, and it's the only thing, is paperwork. And even that oh can goodness. be a fluid right. situation. But you you have kind of a, a warning shot across the bow to what they used to call get your affairs in order. You know, you know mm. where everything is. You can, you mm-hmm. can make arrangements. You, can, you, you have that. That's it. That is the only thing that you can possibly prepare for. There is no way in the world that you can emotionally prepare for death, because the difference between the concept of death and the reality of death is about 10 million miles. It mm-hmm. is the same distance between brain and heart, difference between mm. intelligence and emotion. So mm. when somebody says that, whether it is in the, in the guise of expressing sympathy, which I don't understand how you can get to a place of sympathy and compassion with that phrase, but mm. when the person hears, when, when somebody's in that place who's experienced that, and you say, well, Kathleen, you knew it was coming, mm. or you know, at least you were prepared, this is what you hear. Well, I did know it was coming. I guess I wasn't prepared. There's something wrong with me. Um, mm. And since this did drag on for a while, um, I guess I don't get to mourn. I guess on, only people that lose somebody suddenly get to mourn and that's mm. wrong it, wow. when it is depriving somebody of their mm. right to grieve and it's wrong mm. and it's not okay um, and that that's that's only one way mm. that people are deprived of their right to grieve um, 
if you were, let's say, married or with somebody for many, many years, apparently you're considered lucky. Put lucky in quotation marks. You're considered lucky. Um, Or you've lost a parent and they were in their 80s or their 90s or beyond. Well, they lived a long Mm. life. That's true. Right. And, and, And it's wonderful, but a loss. Why does longevity determine grief? I, I don't understand that. Here's another one that is, it borders on the heinous, I think. When mm. when a parent loses a child, which is the mm. one place in all of our minds that none of us really want to go. Mm-hmm. And they are told, well, at least you have other children. Oh, I don't, I don't even have anything clever for that mm, one. Or nope. if 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 they if they lose a child and and the parents are still of childbearing age, well, you can always have another one. Oh my goodness, yeah. You know the mm. implication that a person can replace another human being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is insanity to me. It's mm. absolute insanity. So nobody is lucky at a time of loss. If somebody lived a long life or was married for many years, it, it's it's a wonderful mm. thing. You've got you've got wonderful memories, but that doesn't make them lucky when that person is gone, and it doesn't mean that they don't get to grieve. And now we know that people don't replace people. I don't care how mm. many children you have or how many children you can make. You cannot mm-hmm. replace the the person that was lost. Okay. Mm. Um. So so there's another aspect of denying right to grieve. One that we we do see, it's not as common as those first two, but one that we do see and I was absolutely I was actually surprised when this happened. People assume that if you don't have financial worries, you don't get to be mm. sad. What are you mm. sad about? Mm. And and the way I discovered this, Kathleen, was kind of by accident. I, I had given an interview to a large Canadian uh, media outlet uh, right after it was uh, right after Celine Dion's husband had passed away after a very long battle with cancer. She mm. had been by his side uh, just devotedly, mm-hmm. and he passed away. And I'd given an interview about uh, loss in the public eye, when you are compelled to deal Mm. with loss in a very public way. And the comments that the article received were stunning to me. Uh, Mm. What does she have to worry about? Uh, Mm, What what is she crying for? She has her millions to console her. Um, Why should we feel sorry for her? Um, You know, it's not like she has a reason to be sad. If she had uh, problems like normal people, then she would Mm. be sad. I was shocked. That is absolutely shocking. I, I I mean, this is a woman who has been with one man her entire life. She and, and has children who are have lost their father. And on right. top of all of that, all of the stuff, all of the the quagmire of emotions that we all go through when we have experienced profound loss. Now, she has a public saying, "Well, you're rolling around in wads of cash." Now, right. I will grant you that at a time of loss when you don't have the financial worry, it eases the logistical burden. It eases the practical and legal burden. Absolutely. Um, as are many widowed, I was left in financial challenge after mm. uh, my late husband passed away. This is not an uncommon thing. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, not the least of which is I don't know if there's a cheap disease to have, but if, if uh. there is, ALS is not one of them. And even mm. with medical insurance, we burned through a significant mm-hmm. savings account to to keep him alive and to keep mm-hmm. him cared for mm-hmm. and comfortable. So I was actually one of those people who did have financial challenge. But I would never deign to look at another widowed and I don't care who they are and say, right. "Oh, well, you know, you 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 know, you you're just uh you're you know, lighting cigars with $100 bills or however people envision 
mm. those mm. who aren't in financial challenge. It's not okay. It's not okay. Mm-mm. Yes, they don't mm-hmm. have the financial aspects to worry about. And, yes, that does ease the burden that too many are left with at a time of loss. I absolutely grant that. But to say, well, why is she sad? You know, to, right. You just right. Put a, well, you've just put a price on somebody's head that somehow money's more important than a person. And right. I'm sorry, I right. just don't believe that. And that she doesn't deserve sympathy and compassion and basic human decency. That she doesn't deserve uh, the the love of her fellow humankind because mm-hmm. she's experienced mm-hmm. this tragic loss. And that was actually what triggered this whole topic in my head, that this is something we have to talk about. Because yes. this is happening, not only is it happening just to the people who have dealt with the long-term infirmities or, or illnesses, but it's happening in so many other ways that people feel that they have the right or the entitlement or the ability to decide if somebody else should be sad. And I mm-hmm. just don't think that that's okay. Um one more component that I'll bring up before you, you, you brought up something that I do want to address, but one more component mm-hmm. is that when somebody moves forward with their life, that apparently they also do not get to grief anymore. Grief time is over. And this oh, is the lesson yeah. here. That I'm good, I will t- the bottom line before I tell the story is that grief and joy can occupy the same space. They can, they have, they do. They live together. One does mm. not erase the other, and it shouldn't. Um, there's a wonderful comedian and actor. absolutely love him. His name is Patton Oswalt. And he very suddenly, very tragically lost his young wife uh, in her sleep. Uh, mm. She was a, 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 an author, a, a brilliant author in her own right, and, uh, and he lost her. And, of course, the public at large rallied round. He has a young daughter. And it was a, a terrible thing. Well, mm. guess what Patton Oswalt had the unmitigated gall to do? He met and fell in love with someone else. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have long taught and will continue to teach until I'm no longer here mm-hmm. to quack that <laughs> if you choose if 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 you choose it love mm-hmm. and companionship is something that we are all entitled to in our new lives your life didn't end with the person to whom you said goodbye and if you choose to seek love or if love happens upon you why wouldn't you mm-hmm. embrace it it's a gift You are not meant to live this life in emotional poverty. And deprivation of love is is, emotional poverty. If you choose to remain on your own, that's great. That's fine. I applaud that too. I lived in that choice for almost a decade, but it was my choice. Mm. Mm -hmm. When the time came for me to move forward from that choice, I did. And it's okay to do that but not if you take a public opinion poll, and I don't remember him doing that, but the public public response, a lot of the public response, was absolutely vitriolic, toxic. Mm, It was poisonous. Wow. And I actually wound up giving an interview because I I was called upon by the media to say, hey, this thing about Pat Oswalt, this doesn't seem right. What do you think? And I couldn't wait. Right, right, right. Shared now. It does not mean that he has ceased loving his wife. He never will. His late wife. It does not mean that he has ceased grieving his late wife. He never will. My late husband has been gone for almost seventeen and a half years. I grieve Mm. his loss. Mm -hmm. I love him Mm -hmm. still. I miss him still, and I always will. But as you know, I remarried to a great guy in 2009. We have built 
a new life together. We have built a blended family. We have built a blending of cultures because he is oh so very British. Um, We have built (laughs) so much together in the 10 years that we've been together and in the almost nine that we have been married. Why would I deprive myself of a new life because of a life that I can no longer live with a person that Mm. I can no longer live with. Grief and joy can live together in your heart. They can, they do, they will. And you cannot deprive somebody of that right to grieve the person who is lost and remains lost. So that's just a few of the most common ways that the right to grieve isn't as clear-cut as you would think, but mm-hmm. it's still there. And you must grab onto and hold on to your absolutely inalienable right to grieve, now and forever. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yes. And, you know, Carol, that's why, you know, the purpose of the show is to raise the consciousness of anyone who's listening and and notice if perhaps you are uh l- listening and you happen to be someone who is um believing some of those those examples that Carol shared because they're kind of subconscious for a lot of us where you know y- you uh may be faced with one of those experiences and your response will come to the surface because of how you may have been influenced to believe and to dispel these, uh, you know, and, and remove them from your consciousness because it's, to me, it's, it, that's what the way I would put it. It's a very low consciousness way of um, being in life because loving kindness and compassion will lead you to your heart where you will be present to people in those circumstances and never say such a thing as what you have just shared with us, Carol, because it's so unfeeling to me that you must not be connected to your heart, you know. I mean, it's just exactly. remarkable exactly. what will come out of people's lives, miles, you know. Exactly, and the problem is, especially when you hear things like, you know, well, at least you knew it was coming, at least you were prepared. Well, first right. of all, the phrase, right. at least. We need to get rid of that. At least, exactly, because yes. Because when you say at least, yes. you have just mm-hmm. trivialized and minimalized exactly. uh, somebody else's pain. It's reductive. At least is Ugh. something that we should never preface a sentence with. You know, it, it's it, that 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 part is not okay. But again, and we've talked about this concept before. We gravitate toward what we focus on. And when somebody says, "Well, at least you were prepared," or "You at least you knew it was coming," or or what have you, that's what the mind focuses in on, and that's the 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 subconscious part that you right. just brought up, Kathleen. Right, is right. That that's where your head goes. Is well, mm-hmm. yeah, I did know it was coming. Or, you know, so why am I sad? Because I knew it was right. coming. I should have been prepared so I don't get to grieve. My, my grief mm-hmm. time is over because I've known it was coming for the past six months or two years or ten years or however long you were coping with that situation. Uh, when, the, when that moment comes, when that moment of departure arrives, it is just as real and raw as if somebody mm. just kicked you in the stomach out of the blue. All the knowledge and prepar- and this alleged preparation in the world right. does right. not prepare you for that moment when the goodbye is here. And right. you have the right and the entitlement to grieve that loss as long and as loudly as you wish. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's just fact. You brought up something earlier that I do want to touch on. When you said that one one grief does not fit all, one size does not fit mm-hmm. all. Um, right. You know, I I had um, I'd been years ago. I was invited to present at a conference, and there in their literature it said, "Did you know that all grief is the same, and that all paths huh. to healing are the same?" And I oh thought. Goodness. Um, okay, that's interesting. It reminds me, listeners, if any of you are old enough to remember, there was a time when you go into the store to get a pair of pantyhose, and you pick up a package, and it says one size fits all. <laughs> and 
girls, we know that that is absolute baloney because, you know, I'm yes. five foot five, my cousin is five foot nine, and I promise you, we don't wear the same size pantyhose. <laughs> and that's what this put me in mind of is one grief does not fit all. So true, yeah. And my best, my my best uh, and most accurate um, example is my own. And I actually do write about this in the new book, where um, I lost my husband, and four months later I had lost my father. And. That's it, it sounds like, well, that, that's terrible and that's a whole lot of loss at once. That's true. But those losses are different because different. I was child to one and wife to another. The, the loss perspectives are different because the relationship perspectives are different. How can all grief be the same when I'm not the same person to these mm. two people? They were the two most important men in my life. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much where the commonality ends. So how can mm-hmm. we possibly say that one grief fits all? And here's the here's the double edge of that sword. Is when you say that, what you are telling somebody is, okay, all grief is the same and you've had all you've had these losses, so you know, mix them all in, hurry it up, wrap it up in a big big black oh, bow gosh. and let's just get it oh, over my with. Goodness. Oh, wow. Again, who has the right to grieve? Does somebody who has Mm. experienced multiple losses have a right to grieve, or do they have to hurry up their misery because you're uncomfortable? They have to hurry it all up and get it over with and get on with it. Mm -hmm. I I mean, again, it's a deprivation of somebody's right Right. to grieve. In this example, you get to grieve every single loss individually. And at, because your relationship perspective to every single person, every single pet, every every single mm-hmm. entity is mm-hmm. different, and that's when people get to get slapped with labels like drama queen, or sympathy junkie, oh. or victim oh, card. Oh gosh. How are you yeah. a sympathy junkie because you have experienced an inordinate amount of loss? How how does that work right. exactly? Is there, is, is there right. like a – because you, do you know what, like when you go to the store, because my husband will laugh at this, whenever there's a sale on Coca-Cola, real, not diet, whenever there's a sale on Coca-Cola, I go and stock up. But they limit you to four packs. You can only get four, and that's <laughs> it. Okay. Well, is that how this works? Are we doing this right. like the Coca-Cola Very sale? Good, yeah. Are we only limited to X amount of losses, and after that, up, oh, you're at Sympathy Junkie. Or you're, look, look oh at her, she's gosh. playing the victim card. That's not how it works. And I know that we would love grief to be linear. We go from point A mm. to point B. That, and, and it's fast and it's easy and it's not. The only way, and we've said this before on this very show, the only way to heal after grief is by grieving. That's right. the only way. Right. There is no way around there's only a way through, and we can get you right. through. But in order to do that, you have to claim your right to grieve, no matter who says what, no matter the opinions around you, no matter if you are a civilian or as, as public as the celebrities we've talked about today. Right, right. You have right. a right to mourn, to grieve, to be sad, to to try and figure out what this new life looks like without Mm -hmm. what you've lost being in it, you have Mm -hmm. that right. Mm -hmm. Seize it. Hold on to it. Don't give give that power away to anybody. Mm -hmm. So profound, Carol. You know, I feel as though it's it's become a very profound, um, I sit with myself and in my quieting, uh, it comes to the surface that, you know, I think that we're afraid so much of the time of loss that, and we were certainly not prepared very young as it's like an, a, a part of the conversation of life because it's going to happen. It's going to right. happen. And we're almost afraid to, to, to allow for that reality. And so if it happens to someone else, I feel like what we do almost defensively so that we don't have to think this could happen to me and I could be just like you sometime, maybe even very soon. 
that we become insensitive. And that sensitivity that you need to be aware of when someone near and dear to you has um, experienced it. And I'll share with you just a quick personal experience because someone very close to me just went through an experience of the loss of their very best friend for 60 years, right? And it was a real close one, 60 years from the time of the children. And it was was also what you were explaining to Carol, where it was like, okay, he, he knew that, okay, the announcement came that he had this dis-ease and that, right. so it wasn't a sudden, like you're talking about. Um, so, therefore, you know, I could see him going through, you know, the acknowledgement that, okay, just found, he found that news out, so that was painful. And then, of course, you can imagine the diagnosis is one of those ones that everyone immediately jumps ahead and, you know, even while you're alive, they're right, right. preparing, right? They're preparing yes. that this is probably inevitable, even though you're hopeful and optimistic. But, you know, the, what, the day came, right? And a very, very sad experience. And because of our conversations, Carol, I mean it, I felt like I was beneficial, you know, and that oh, I you. could... No, seriously, so that I could say the right thing and be the right presence around such an incredible, I could see it, it just, I could feel his pain and to be able to say the things and embrace that, that pain with that person and, and only be of value and beneficial at that time, I know helped him tremendously. And that's the kind of presence you want to be. And I wouldn't have known really as much as I know if I hadn't had these ongoing conversations with you. So I just wanted to share that with you. It just happened. And, and it, it just was, um, I immediately went to what I've learned from you. And we need this conversation. You need to hear this. You need, and as early as you can, um, give your children this conversation so that they too can be present if someone that they know or, you know, within their own family or something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, you've you've straightened me out quite a bit. <laughs> well, I, tell I you. first of all, I appreciate that more than you'll ever know. But I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, which I will take okay. license to do, listeners. Uh, what Kathleen uh, fails to mention is that uh, I went through a horribly profound loss. Uh, it's just two years ago, believe it or not, it's been two mm. years. And running yes, up know. to that mm-hmm. loss and going through that, Kathleen. Uh, whether she liked it or not, actually, was a huge part of my my healing, my grieving. Oh, uh, yes, Carol. Yes, adver- adversity experts grieve too. And the, yes. sometimes you aren't the expert, you're the client. And um, and Kathleen was a, a huge part of that uh, even prior to the loss itself because we we it was touch and go for a while and things looked like they were going to be okay. And then they weren't. And it was very Mm. unexpected. Mm. It was very shocking. Uh, The Mm. rug was just yanked out uh, from under my life. And the reason I touch on that is because it was my best friend. It was my, my soul. And I am still to this day Mm. um, learning how to do life without her. And it is, um, it's been a difficult uh, lesson. It's been a profound lesson, but I am learning every day yep. how to carry her legacies of love forward, and mm. uh, and I hope to keep doing that. But Kathleen was a was a big part of that, which she doesn't talk about because she's too humble. I I did that. And um, it was it, and it's very few people that I feel. Uh, that I can let that part of me be shown, and Kathleen mm. was one oh, of well, them. Oh well, thank you. And so, oh my so, gosh. So before Kathleen makes out that, well, I didn't, you know, I, I had to talk to Carol before I could figure this out. Entirely true. She had it going on pretty well <laughs> when I was the one who needed consolation and direction and uh, meditative practice and education and yes. The teacher can still learn, and you know, as I've always believed that all of us yes. have to remain 
teachable and trainable because yes. if we aren't, we cease to grow. And so it's because of people like Kathleen in particular that I was able to start to grow through that latest healing journey um, and start to come out the other side of that storm with purpose and with, and healthy mm. and with passion. And it doesn't mean that I don't still cry over her loss yes. I do because I do have the right to grieve. Um, and time right. doesn't take that away. But I just wanted to let listeners know that, you are, you know, a, a, oh, being a little God. too humble. I need to share about what you were to me and to my family two years ago. It was, you know, during decidedly one of the worst times of our lives. Mm. Well, I don't, I'm speechless, Carol. I had no are you idea. Are you know, think... now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my job is done. Thank you, audience. <laughs> well, you know, I, and I will say it again, too, Carol, that I feel so blessed that we rendezvoused and how you ended up on Coach Cafe Radio and in all this time repeating the shows that we've repeated that to me, I'm telling you, they are the most important because it touches on a part of our lives that people have, they don't have, they don't have anything in there, it seems to me. I didn't until I had these conversations with you. And I feel like it's such a blessing uh, to be able to have in me now, uh, you know, some substance. I have substance in there to turn to at a time when it may very well happen. And it, and it also, within these years, happened another time with a, a family member near and dear. And I knew I, I had it at the ready. You know what I mean? It was there. And right. also for all of the other family members around me that were going through an extremely, extremely painful time. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no words for it. There is no words for it. And and I love all of what we're sharing. And it is an ongoing conversation. I mean, I would love to... Before we do end, uh, just mention, you know, just go a little bit into what I feel has occurred in our country right now with the, these um, unfortunate losses in mass with um, young people and the, the fact that we all grieve in union here uh, for people we don't know. And that, uh, yeah, who gets to grieve? And I am actually feeling like that. I'm feeling like I'm grieving people I don't even know because of the tragedy in mass like that. What a great subject to bring up. It cracks me up. It literally makes me laugh when someone says, well, you know, I'm not going to go to the funeral because I didn't know them. Well, you're not going for them. They in my yeah. and I, this is where I, this is where I abuse just my own personal thoughts. They have moved on into their next life. You're going for the people that are left behind. You are going mm-hmm. to acknowledge that the world has been diminished by the loss of this human being, who has meant something to people that you know and or care about. That's mm-hmm. why we go mm-hmm. to funerals. That's right. Yes. I, I also love when people say, I don't like funerals. <laughs> you know, I've never <laughs> met someone that says, you know what? I don't go to enough funerals. That's my problem. <laughs> you, you know, and that comes back down to getting outside of our own selves and outside of our own dynamic right. and being mm-hmm. in service to other people, even if that service just means holding a hand, wiping away a tear, saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging, like you said, the fact that the fact that people are lost that we did not know right. doesn't mean that we aren't entitled to grieve that loss. We we grieve uh, certainly currently the manner in which they were lost. We right, grieve sure. the 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 futures that will not be realized. Mm-hmm. We grieve the, mm-hmm. we grieve the the loss of promise that. that these people held Mm. because everybody Mm -hmm. is born with promise everybody's born Mm. with possibility and potential everybody what we choose to do with that that determines Mm -hmm. our destiny and all of that Mm. has been snuffed out and Mm. certainly when it didn't have to happen uh, Mm. for any number of reasons uh, it, it magnifies the tragedy 
So to mm. mourn and grieve for those whom you did not know personally is to me the mark of a wonderful human being. Why mm. wouldn't we be sad? And right. a lot of people, find, and I'm one of them, find comfort in proactivity. You yes. know, how, how, do we, how, how do we keep this from happening again? Prevent. I don't care if that proactivity yes. is raising money to eradicate disease or right. to stop violence or mm-hmm. to change the laws so that we, we, no, we no longer can drink to excess and get behind the wheel without ramifications. That's right. All of these, yes. all of these, all of these changes happened because of proactivity. And that mm-hmm. is, and and whether your proactivity on your healing journey consists of something like buying a book to help you with your own grief, or going to right. a conference to help your own grief, or working to change policies that will help, right. uh, well, that will eradicate disease, or uh, help people live longer and better, or uh, raid, you know, battle back against violence in constructive mm-hmm. ways. Proactivity is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Sitting around and waiting to feel better doesn't help much. It doesn't move much. But mm-hmm. you can control, you, you can't control life and death. Most of the time we don't have any control of that. But we can control our reactions to it. So take the right. control where you can. Take the control where you can. And and if you are feeling lost for pe- uh, loss and, and sadness and what have you, I mean, think back. And, and Kathleen, this is going to be personal because you are East Coast. Nine Eleven mm-hmm. among right. us was right. grieving for the loss of life, for the loss uh, to the um, that our that we as a country sustained, for the loss mm-hmm. of innocence. That, uh, that Tom Brokaw so very wisely and eloquently observed the evening of 9-11, where he mm. prophesied correctly that this country will never be the same. And we're not. We haven't been. Right. It's um, true. You know, many of us didn't know people that were in the towers or on the planes. But many of right. us know people who did who lose know somebody. People. Or a mm. lot of somebody's, mm-hmm. and ju- ju- just the enormity of the tragedy itself. I know. I know. Who, who I... among us wasn't wasn't affected? So, if you find yourself grieving the loss of people that you don't know personally, it doesn't right. take a personal relationship to feel grief. You know, it, that goes back to when a celebrity passes away. And we right. feel grief. Most of us did not know that celebrity personally. But what we did know right. is the impact that that celebrity may have had on our lives through their art, whether it was acting or music or dance or thing or what have you. And we feel that loss. I mean, when David, I didn't know David Bowie personally, but the night that he died, I sat up all night with, with wine and listening to his music. Yes, right. You, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, and and I was I was overwhelmingly sad, as were yes. many of our generation, because of the impact yeah, that he had sure. on a on a twelve year old girl, oh, right? Who didn't feel like she fit in because she was a nerd, who you know oh, used big gosh, words, right? You know, and, yeah. and, and 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 I think we all felt like that at one time or another during our adolescence. But oh, my for point sure. is. You don't have yeah. to know somebody to feel loss or to feel grief or to feel sad. And certainly, if you didn't know the person who's been lost, but you know somebody who 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 was impacted through a personal relationship, if you know them, then you're a part of the you're a part of the paradigm. Yes, you're so you're true. a part of the dynamic. So jump in and be a part of it. Don't don't let a relationship or lack thereof dictate. What your heart is telling you. Exactly, and that's how we heal. And that's why we need each other to be loving, kind, and compassionate, and present. And, you know, I didn't know the families, but I'm telling you, I know that it was extremely painful and will be for a long time. And Of course. You know, 
It's just, uh, you know, that's how I would, I want to feel like that. I want to actually, it's hard, but you know, but it's, it shows me that I'm alive and that I care and I love. Yeah. And, and as we are closing here, Carol, I do want to uh, definitely fit in your newest book, Loss is a Four-Letter Word. So a bereavement boot camp for the widow. So I definitely need to know more about that. Well, I'm super excited about this book. It is oh, a bereavement boot camp, um, which means that there's going to be a little bit of tough love, a little bit of humor. Uh, but what I love about this book, there's several things. It's going to be great mm. for those in need as well as for people who want to best support somebody in need. There's boot camp assignments. There's places to journal, which, uh, which readers love. There's also, which I'm excited about, uh, a, a long list of resources in the book. Oh, both wonderful. For just, wonderful. Uh, there's resources for those who serve the widow community exclusively, but there's also resources for anybody in crisis. And depending on what the particular crisis or problem is, there's a resource in there, including contact information. And there's also little, I call them fleeting thoughts. Ha ha. Hmm. Um, there's fleeting thoughts <laughs> in there. And there, there are inspirations, and, there are inspirational sayings that I authored myself. And uh, just to give you that little extra push that you can keep in front of you, you know, if you need a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of, um, a, a little bit of, you know, just a little something to to get you going, yeah. keep you moving forward. Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, inspirations in there. And uh, and there's a lot of uh, other chapters uh, in the book, aside from the boot camp itself, that talks about things like we talked about today, the inalienable right to grieve. Um, yes. For the first time, I actually talked about spirituality as it pertains to grief, which I've actually avoided talking about throughout my career. Mm. But this time, I went there. Uh, so that, that's a, a, new, uh, a new angle for me, and I was excited to, to bring that to the book as well. So it's chock full of a whole bunch of exciting new stuff, and it will be here in September. But it's available for oh, pre-order wonderful. right now. You can pre-order oh, it right fantastic. now and avoid a sellout. Oh, awesome. I'm definitely spreading that word, Carol. That's fantastic. I appreciate and what do we that. Need? Your books are, t- oh, like, I, I, I appreciate you, that you're an open resource, like, for <laughs> this to come through, that you actually sit and you write a book. You know, you could have kept it all to yourself, Carol. I don't, you know, like, we all think that we've got a lot to share, I'm sure, but when you write the book, and you publish the book so that we can all get gain that wisdom, especially especially with this particular aspect of our life. Uh, that being helped to uh, be like I need to live as a partner with grief, you know, right. and it's going to it's going to happen uh, pretty much when I think about it, Carol. Um, how often I do feel that, even at the, the, you know, a story I hear about this, that, or the other thing, or even, no kidding, when I drive down the street and I see something in the road that's been hit by a car, you know, right. I mean, that's oh, I know. pretty much me. That's the worst. And I, I, I have this heart experience and I, I feel a loss, you know, and it's like that for me. I was born that way. And um, I, I think we all were. And, you know, when you have it, within you with the kind of resources that Carol has available, you'll feel grounded in that relationship and you'll be able to navigate through it with grace, right? And you will be able to go through to the other side of living again and, and also being someone who is at the side of someone who has experienced the loss as such a wonderful, you know, benefit to them. And so that's what I've learned from Carol Brody Fleet, and I highly recommend, again, that you listen back to all of the shows that we've shared over the years and and as of recently, monthly. And again, Carol, I I know that there's way more to go into uh, that we can 
choose to discuss in relationship to grief and adversity, and we definitely need a recovery expert that we can turn to, like you, to get us through these times and then be happy again, right? So that's right. Um, we're we're all in it together. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so thank you again, Carol. I love these conversations. I'm looking forward to the next one. And I just love I love what you share, and I love you. I think you're just a wonderful light on the world. I really do. Well, thank you, and, my friend, my sweet friend. It is always a pleasure oh, spending time with you and with your wonderful listeners. I appreciate all of you so very much. And I look forward to these times, too. So I will hope to see you back very, very soon. Absolutely. Absolutely, Carol. Well, have a beautiful night, and we will then talk soon. You too. Take good care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, please go to CoachCafeRadio.com. You can listen back to all of my previous shows. And, again, look, at, look up the ones with Carol Brody Fleet. Uh, you'll find many of them in the last, in this last, just the, since the beginning of this year. And uh, you can also find out all about Carol's books, how to get them, and so much more at carolfleetspeaker.com, carolfleetspeaker.com, and widowswearstilettos.com. So thanks, everyone, for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you again in the Coach Cafe. And please, as a reminder, uh, my new show, The Awakened Feminine Spirit, will be uh, up uh, again this Wednesday at um, 8 p.m., and you can look for that link on the Facebook page for The Awakened Feminine Spirit. So, so much to share in the Coach Cafe. Thanks, everyone.